Welcome to the Leader's Life Podcast, where we implement that old school grind with that new school mind. What is up, fam? I am your host, Damar. And before we get started, please make sure you hit on that subscribe button so you never, ever miss out. With that being said, this is our expert series and first time bringing back a guest with a guest. Now, we had Janelle on here, who is the sexpert, but today we have Janelle and her business partner, Joel Thompson, who is a 25-year-old stylist who has gone from a $5 from gone from charging $5 for haircuts in Ohio to $200 minimum in LA. He is also sharing the blueprint to offer services based on business owners from any level of experience, from mindset principles and business functions that are key to becoming a multiple six-figure stylist. With that being said, Janelle, welcome back to the Leaders Life Podcast. Joel, welcome to the Leaders Life Podcast. What's going on, guys? All right, thank you. Great energy. <laughs> yeah, your energy. I you can I can hang with you any day. <laughs> oh well, I appreciate that. With 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 what I have to go through through the day. I mean, if it's if I have if I have no energy, I can't get it through. So, and people like you are what drive me to just let's freaking go. I just love it. I just love the energy. And without the energy, shit, what are you going to do all day? I mean, I always say that if Mars is walking around, I'm like, this is the Leader's Life podcast. No one's going to tell us, no. you no got to kind of, yeah. you gotta bring that. So with that being said, so let me just put a little context into this episode. So Janelle was on this podcast that aired on December 1st, powerful episode where we, you know, had to bring her back with her business partner, Joelle, to talk about the struggles mainly in relationships, especially with sex and intimacy. And the one thing that Janelle and I were talking about offline, even the last podcast is that sex is still taboo. Mm -hmm. People do not want to talk about it, especially when they're struggling with it. So mm. with that being said, Joe, Joelle, in your point of view, why are people still taboo about talking about intimacy and sex? I think religion, I think a religion has a big part of it. Like I grew up personally in the fourth grade up until the fourth grade, I went to a Christian school. So the last thing that, you know, you're like allowed to even have in your like paradigm is like, but it's just funny because God gave us that gift, but we don't, we don't want to like, you know, allow ourselves to explore it. I don't know. I think religion, I just think a lot of limiting beliefs, a lot of like shame. I know Janelle says shake the shame. What, what do you mean by that, Janelle? Oh, that's a great question. Take the um, shame. Let's see what yes. you mean by that. And yeah, and you were right at first, it's Joel, but he's got a prophet. He's a prophet. He's like from the Bible. So modern day prophet name. But, there he um, is. Yeah. So shake the shame is all about like what Joel was saying. You know, a lot of religious dogma has really made it very challenging for couples today, married couples and people that, you know, are hope hopefully working towards marriage, right? It's made it challenging for them to really embrace their bodies, their sexuality, and to, you know, to, to have sex. Like it's so taboo to even say that. And there's nothing wrong with the faith. Like I love, I love Jesus. Like the next person, I believe the Bible is a rule book and has many great principles for us to live by. But what I don't subscribe to is the shame that's been attached to just your body. It's like, like Joel was saying, like we came into this world as humans but yet we like dehumanize our humanity and our sexuality. How is like, that doesn't even make sense to me. And the Bible says, be in the world, not of the world. We are in the world in human form. God made us with like an eggplant and a yoni for a reason, you know, <laughs> like what, what are we, we're, we're just going to, if, if God wanted us to not have sex, he would have brought us in spirit form without the physical. Right. And so I oh, think what boy. happens in the detrimental part of, what religion has done to, to this whole notion of shame around sex is that it's created really bad where the, here's where the problem happens. It creates a perversion of sex where you hear about these people and maybe not so much in the Christian faith, but in the Catholic faith and somewhat in the Christian, for instance, remember that, that TV show, the Duggars, the family. Yes. Meet the Duggars with like 37 kids. Yes. Yes. I, Joel, you might not have seen that, but I'll send you some links after this. Like, <laughs> this family was fundamental Christian, sort of that Mormon kind of vibe, dresses up to here, that whole thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And they had a slew of kids and come to find out they were teaching, preaching chastity to their kids and all this, secluding their kids from the world. I grew up the same way, so I understand. But what happened is in the news, 
it came out that all the, the brothers were unfortunately doing things to the sisters. And then even when the brothers got married and took wives, they were had hardcore porn on their laptops and create like children porn, all this terrible stuff. And that is an extreme example of what repressing sex does. And so when you talk about shaking the shame, it's like the only shame that we have is a shame if we're not using our body, our gift to experience pleasure, to procreate life, but to do it with consciousness, with lucidity. And that's why it is tends to be best to do it in a marriage or in some kind of, you know, long-term committed relationship. Some people don't do marriage, I understand, but that's why it's best to do it in that those parameters. So it is sacred. It is holy, right? Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Complete sense. I know. Yeah. And I love, I love, I, I love the term shaking the shame. And, and you said about, you know, with religion and bringing up kind of like what, what we, what, what it says and what we think it says. And then that's where the game of telephone comes in. And, you know, and my thing about religion, I feel like all religions, it's pretty much, you know, we can go on a tangent, but it's just like oh, religion is be a good person. Every book, same beginning, same ending. It's just told differently in the middle. At the end of the day, be a good human being is 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 what all all the religious books, in my opinion, is the goal to be that good human being. However, people feel like with sex, that is something that they do not feel comfortable talking about. And when you said religion, yeah, I, same thing. Like I, it was never brought up when I was a child. That's for damn sure. So yeah, and and hearing Joel say that, like in the fourth grade. Like that's, that's, and going to school. So we see that, but now let's, let's transition to the fact where we have Joel, who's 25 and we have Janelle, who's 40, older, older, <laughs> older, 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 a little older. 41, right? I would say we're both 81, right? Yeah, we, we're both, yep. We're both, born, yeah. yeah, we're both the same children. way. We're, we're young spring chickens. Oh, so yeah. right now with social media. All right. You know, social media where jo- where Joelle and I could compare to you i'm just like the, the names is so janelle okay, and you, guys, you, guys, you guys are like yeah it's just fumbling we're but, messing with you <laughs> yeah i know you guys are yeah shit damn <laughs> so with social media right now as a 25 year old person as a as somebody right now in college right that's going in there trying to experience right a lot of the times what they end up doing is that kind of what janelle brought up they're kind of put in a shell they're kind of put in that box and then they go and then they quote unquote, experience in college. And then from there, it can either be a great experience or it can be a traumatic experience. What is your thoughts to somebody who's quote unquote, just getting into the sexual, like just finding out their sexuality, kind of trying to figure out what they're doing right now, that, that the 20 year olds, the 18 year old, what is your advice to them as far as when they're saying, I'm just experimenting? You go first, you know, this is your like specialty. <laughs> yeah, I think for, I think for Joel, him, it's going to be more his like experience as like a man himself personally versus like understanding, like, you know, like I would, I think an interesting question would be like, what is it like, you know, being 25 in LA with all the superficial women around and like, how does he like, you know what I'm saying? Like, how is he able to like, there you go. See, that's more of a question, but I'll, I'll, I'll answer the one, um, for, for that you initially said experimenting. This is what I tell parents. You have to sit down and talk with your kids. Like they're when my, my son's age seven or eight, and you have to tell them like, my son already knows everything like age appropriate. He understands they watch YouTube today. Parents Mm. lie to themselves when they say like, Oh, they don't know. My son knows what's up. And I, I ask him very candidly. I say, Hey, are you interested in any girls at school? no mom these girls are ridiculous i'm like well what's going on why didn't you don't like any of them you don't think any of them are cute? when a teacher asks them a question they just like they're so soft and they like are afraid to answer they don't have any confidence he's like i can't be bothered like he's so like already knows what he's looking for in a woman like he wants to see that she's confident but at the same time i think you have to sit down and talk to your kids now about sex and tell them like so then when we get to that college age, they're prepared, you know, like, Hey, sex is, is a wonderful thing. It's a great experience. I think we all agree. Oxytocin is a cool fucking experience, right? We like those hormones that go to our brain. when We have those O's it's great. However, sex is like driving. When you're a teenager, you get your driver's license or your permit. How many guys had your permits when you're like 14, whatever you can drive to school and back or whatever the case may be. 15, right? but yeah. 
gotcha. how old? 15? Yeah. I never had any of that stuff. I didn't get my license. Until I was like 18. I'm a terrible oh. driver. I literally shouldn't be allowed to drive. So <laughs> <laughs> we know this, but anyway, so you get your permit. And then the next step is what you get your license, right? And then you get to like drive to every, wherever you want. It's freedom. And for kids and, and young college kids, high school kids is the best thing. Sex is that same thing. The only difference is that there is like precautions that have to be taken, right? Do you have to have insurance, right? You're on your mom's insurance and it's kind of high when you're young, right? Cause you're a huge liability because you don't know what you're doing and you probably could wreck something or worse, even hurt, take someone's life, right? That's the ultimate danger. So you don't just go out aimlessly driving your cars without that protection. It's the same thing with sex. And you have to tell your kids that like, Hey, sex is great. It's wonderful, but there's a time and place for it. There's a lot of things that could go wrong. And I'm not saying scare your kids. Like it's a huge, massive responsibility to drive a car. How many thousand pounds did those cars weigh? It's a huge responsibility to have sex. And then I think that just explaining that to kids when they're young, like, this is something yeah, you want to get into, but not till you have all the parameters in place. Like you can be responsible. You have a connection to your own body and you know how to like be in tune and even pleasure your own body before you go and experience that with someone else. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think these are the conversations that you have to have before they get to that experiment state, because the experiment state at that point is too late. Like there's crazy stuff that I know that goes on. It's like, you just can't unknow that stuff, you know? It's like a competition. I feel yeah. like today's day is a competition where growing up, it wasn't really, it was like, okay, you like somebody, you date somebody and you go from there where now you got to compete with, it's a, it's a competition. I think that's just the best way to describe it. You go on social media and it's, you know, you go on social media and it's deceiving. I mean, you, we've spoken about porn before and I would love your take on this, Joel, about porn, but because I know Joel, I know Janelle's take on it, but with yeah. porn is very, very, you know, deceiving because the problem today, what I'm realizing is because of YouTube, as you mentioned, because of, of the internet, it is so easy for somebody young to like learn about sex and then watch porn and be like, yeah, that's normal. This is what I'm supposed to do. Right. And what's your take on that? It's the downfall of like not only relationships, but I think young men, our generation, we're the product of these social media apps taking our attention. Like TikTok is worse than people realize. Like the Instagram algorithm is worse than people realize. Our, our eyes are glued to it. And porn is just like another extreme prawn porn, however you want to use it. <laughs> I, could do porn. I ain't going to get edited out of this one. Don't you worry, buddy. Okay. <laughs> For sure. I think this episode would be pretty tough to get through if we had to try to use all the correct terms. But yeah, it's terrible, man. Like that's your life force energy and guys just give it away. Like there's guys who they're at the very bottom level that I look at is like they use a sock and that's how they like finish their self. And they do that multiple times a day. And it's like, bro, what are you going to do when you have like big goals and ambitions and you have no life force energy? to give those like those goals and missions you know yeah bro i i've probably watched porn like two times in the last three years and both times i literally thought to myself like what the fuck is the point like you know what i mean like just when you know what it does to your psyche and like to your ambition you never want to like allow yourself to like feel that again so yeah my take on that is just it's sad bro honestly like Kids are like 12 years old, they get gifted an iPhone, a tablet, and they get, they're just like free range to go on any website they want. And they're like addicted to TikTok. I didn't have a phone until I was like 16. It was like a flip phone. So it's like the kids now, like my kid won't have a phone for sure, like until he's like in high school. That's what I'm saying right now. I mean, because, yeah. because of that. And, you know, Janelle, what's your take on what Joel said? I mean, I just think there needs to be more men in the world like Joel. You know, this is a problem that's porn is most of my clients that come in that are men are older than Joel. I do have young clients too, that are younger than Joel and they've been addicted to porn. And they're like, listen, younger than Joel, Joel's 25. I'm talking about early 21 into that age range, telling me that they can't get erections They're in their early twenties. And why is that they've, they've been conditioned. They conditioned. Remember the, the brain is just a giant computer, how you program it. That's on you, boo. And what happens from that, like what you're getting that software to perform for you is what you put in there. 
It's literally the same thing. So if you put porn in there for God, when do kids start watching porn now? Probably studies have shown around 14 is the first time they get their first hit of it. And here's the thing. They didn't go looking for it. They found it on a home device. So for instance, like on my computer, which would never happen, but for instance, right, my son stumbles on it. That's how kids are finding it. So you take, you know, 12 to, or 14, whatever, to early 20s. That's how many years are right there of watching porn and thinking, like you said, that's normal sexual behavior. And then they get with a real woman. They finally get a date because we know one in three men, Joel's age, aren't having sex, you know, right? They're not. And that's not by choice. I know. Right. So then they finally are one of those one lucky one in threes, right? Yay. (laughs) (laughs) I get to get it tonight. And then they can't get it up. Can you imagine that? This is like, this is, you know, we understand like Joel's talking about life force, like in your fifties, things are slowing down. Uh, Again, all that can be changed. That can be reversed. You don't have to have that experience, but we expect that more, right? Mm-hmm. Like fifties men, you got to go see doctor and get the blue pill, right? Not the cool blue pill. The other one, right? <laughs> like you gotta, you gotta take that pill. That's <laughs> but Not you're talking cool about Joel's age. Your testosterone levels are insanely high at this point. There's no reason. It's like the highest they're going to be in your life. And then you can, <laughs> <laughs> you can't get an erection. Like this is problematic. So I think it'd be interesting to hear about like, like, what is the, what is the, t- like, understanding how women, how women are contributing to this, like young women, like, and are they consuming as much porn, which studies show that they kind of are too. Oh, they are. That was my next yeah. question. Cause I did not, I did not understand that. Cause I knew the men, with men, it was a, it was a larger number, but I, that was what I wanted to, to, to ask you is that, is this going on with women as well? Because they're, they have the same access to social media and internet and YouTube as, as the young boys do. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that many young 20 year olds, but I, from what the studies I've seen, it's, it's the same. It's the men is a little higher, but women are consuming it as well. It's their sex education. It's what they think sex, how sex is. That's what all the studies show is that kids between the age of 14 or 19 are getting their quote, sex education from porn that no, no parent told them. I mean, did your parents tell you anything? Did Joel, did you have a sex education talk? Not at all. Not even in like our health class. We didn't even get like, most people get some type of education in the health class. We didn't even get that. We had the biology term. That's what we had. The actual, like, I remember it was either seventh grade or eighth grade. I forgot. I don't remember exactly, but it was the textbook of showing the interior of the, the woman's body parts. And then the inside of the men's body part. And it was just very vague. It was like, what the hell am I? Oh, look, like, you know, immature. I was like, oh, look, a pee-pee. Oh, shit, look, <laughs> you know, but that's what it was. It wasn't, I don't, I don't even think I used the word sex. I think it, it didn't even not intimacy. It was like something else. It was just like, so once again, taboo. Yeah. Mm. Teaching it in school, yeah. biology. That's what it was, biology class. Where you learned, but do you remember any of that? Is that useful for you today in your relationship with like, no. No, shit. No, I don't remember anything. I actually did. That's the one class I didn't pass <laughs> when I was struggling. So yeah, like I did not get any, I did not get any, your any wife's knowledge. like, what? Come on. You couldn't pay attention in that class? <laughs> Apparently not. I guess not because I got lost and I thought I was going to learn about sex, but I was just learning more about the body. And it was just like, but once again, ignorant is like, yeah, you got to know your body too, though. Right yeah. or wrong. Yeah. So would you want your kids to have like a proper sex education and where would you feel that that, cause I feel like it should come from the home, but I how agree. do you feel, how, how do you feel and when do you feel is appropriate age for your child to, to learn about? I think, I think when they start asking questions, yeah, that's when I think it's, I think it, it comes down to them asking the, the questions and then not ignoring it because I felt like even as a child, anytime I've asked, not, not necessarily sex, but anytime I've asked a question that was out of my age range, I'll say, whether it was with money, whether it was with, with anything, it was, it was kind of dismissed, swept under the rug. Like, oh, no, no, you don't have to worry about that. You don't got to ask that. And yeah. so that, that's why I think it's very, very, you know, I think okay. it's very important for, as you just said, like the fact that you have that relationship with your son, you yeah. have that relationship to talk that way. That's amazing. For me, it's, it's new. Like I have, we have young kids. Like I said, my twins are the same age as your, your son. So it's, 
it's something that like when it comes up, I know my wife and I are going to have to have that conversation, but I do know I, is that like, we're not going to let them try to figure it out the way that we did just, because yeah, it's just crazy. I disrespect. I disagree with you respectfully because I have so much respect for you. I of don't course. think we should wait till it comes up. We don't live in that kind of world anymore. Okay. So that's great. Great question. I'm going to ask you. So to every parent right now, that's yeah. there's a parent out there that has a child that's growing up right now, kind of being curious Give us some tips on how to have that okay. difficult conversation. I am not like a child therapist, so please. <laughs> no, just, just claim your this. expertise, your sex expertise. Right yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Right. <laughs> I'm like, Joel, expertise. Yeah, <laughs> expertise. I love that. I think, I think that if it comes up, it's too late. Because you have to understand, they are vying for your children's minds. Just like Joel talked about the sock thing just that concept is like sad to me that that image i can't get on my head now thank you very much joel for that one <laughs> like i mean and i would love for us to talk about like joel's success and what he's done as a 25 mm -hmm. year old like that's insane but could you imagine how many other young men could be doing that if they weren't beating off into a sock multiple times a day and then they have no energy because according to modern sexology and this is just facts. As soon as you have an orgasm as modern world knows it, and then you come down from that ejaculation, you lose energy. Let's just ask you. We're getting a little intimate. Let's after go get in here, have, baby. After you have an orgasm, do you go out and run a marathon? What do you do? I want to go to sleep after. There you go. And you are you're one of the most energetic men I know. You have like Tony <laughs> Robbins, like I love my people. So with that being said, all these young men are doing that means they have no energy to do anything. They can't do what Joel's done. So what I would do back to the original question, talking to your kids, I would talk to them when they're like my son's age, honestly, because okay. you have to think if they're on any kind of screen, even if you are policing it and today, the screens are the way the kids connect. It is. They play games together. I know we hate it as parents and you can be that parent that says, oh, my kid's never going to play a game. You're telling him he's not going to have a social life. You know what I'm talking about, Mark, mm -hmm. yep. right? You got to police it, but they're on screens. They're having games and I hop on there and see what's going on. I cannot play games to save my life. So this is not for me. However, <laughs> you got to sit them down and talk to them at age appropriateness and just ask questions. The best way to do any kind of communication is to ask the kid questions. Hey, cause I heard my son say something about hinge or something. And I was like, <sighs> I lost it. I was like, excuse me, where did you hear that? Oh, mom, one of the YouTubers who's like a kid YouTuber, right? He like teaches them. I forget what it is. Some kind of, oh, they do adventures or something. Yeah. Like my kids, watch, I, your kids watching the same stuff. Same my kids stuff. Are watching. They all yep. watch the same stuff, Amar. Oh, so, I know. I've learned that. Yes. They do. It's just, they do. And I said, where did you hear that? And he said, oh, mom, it's just a dating SI. It's just a site for dating. I was like, <laughs> You're seven, you know, I'm like boiling at this point. I'm like, and then I just, you know, sat, I just, I've never seen Janelle with like no words before. Look at her. She's, she's froze. He, you can do, and this is the thing with me. That is true. I never don't have, I never do not have words. You can say whatever you want about me. Check my Instagram right now. There's the most heinous comments about me on my feed, like really intense things. I'm like, oh, my girlfriend and I were laughing at him last night. We replied to a few just for fun. We like to practice our debate skills. Another thing that people have lost the art of. People don't know how to debate anymore. They just know insults. Oh, you said this. I don't agree with it. You're ugly. Great. No, I use the analogy good. quickly about debates. I'm a New York Yankee fan. And if you're a Boston Red Sox fan, they're rivals. You're yeah. not going to convince me to root for Boston and Boston's not going to, and, and vice versa. So why can't we agree to disagree anymore? Why do you have to be upset? And then People we don't have fight. critical thinking skills. They can't, they're not left brain and I'm not left brain at all, but I can, I guarantee you, you give me any argument. I will, I will, I will present a really, really good argument. I might not always win, but it'll be sound with facts. And that's why I do. And people don't, that's why people don't like me. But if you come after my son, like my hmm. recent post yesterday about single moms raising beta men, I do post like that. Cause I want to trigger people a little bit. I want them to see like what, the, come on. If you're not triggered, you're not changed. Well, well-behaved women and men don't make history. Think of all the greats. They went against the grain. I want people to change their lives. So I'm not going to tell you what's going to massage your ego. I'm going to tell you the truth, right? 
So they came at my son and I was like, not happening. I just deleted the comments. Good you know, for you. It is, if it's about my son, I get like, I get crazy. But back to the talking to your kids, ask them questions, ask them about boys and girls. You got to just ask them, Hey, you know, and you have to ask them about their, their lingam is what we say. Penis. Hey, do you, do you, do you like, how do you feel about your lingam? And they might say, Oh, like I, I want to touch it. Great. Oh my God. That's amazing. But you need to do that in your room. Close the door. That's for you and you alone. You need some tissues. I got you like, you gotta have those conversations. I'm telling you, they're not easy, but you have to have them. Otherwise, I'm blushing you saying that. It's just like, Oh my God, I got two boys right now. And I'm just like, yeah. you gotta do <laughs> it. My hands around my mouth. You know, what's happening. I talk to our friend Dakota all the time. And I yeah. said, you think princess he goes, Oh yeah. When I was seven or eight teachers, friends, moms, for sure. I'm like, really? He even schools me Dakota. He's like, yes, Janelle. Cause you know, like I have to, I had to ask him. I'm not, a, I'm not a man. I don't understand fully. And so, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what do you so, think that, about this, Joel? What is, yeah, your... I was just going to ask Joel, Joel, you're, yeah, you're thinking about it because you, as I said, like, because I can't, because I can't wait to get into the next segment about talking about, about what you guys do best, but yeah. What is your take on, because I know you just said you found out like you were curious is the word curious yeah. is this word at when were you like, Hey, like, what is this whole sex thing? Hmm. I think because I didn't have social media, it might've been a little later, but now the real epidemic is social media. Like TikTok, every viral sound, every trend, everything you scroll on has every, every hip hop song, you know what I mean? Like it's going to be teaching them before you get the chance to teach them in a way, kind of guiding their thinking for you. So yeah, if I was to be consciously like programming my kids the way I want them to live, I would probably try to, I don't know if seven is too early. I really don't know. I think with social media now, it's probably not. But for myself, yeah, it was probably later, probably like 12, 13, you know, around that time. Yeah. And then did anybody talk to you about it or did you figure it out? On no, your own? no, not at all, bro. I didn't have a father figure either. So that like definitely played a part. But no, my mom was focused on momming <laughs> and that wasn't part of mom, momming, momhood. So, you know, what? I love that you just said right now. He, not like you said, he didn't have a, a father figure. So yeah. uh, mom was momming for me. It's like almost as if I want my wife and I'm just being very honest right here and vulnerable. Like I am so uncomfortable talking to my kids about this because once again, it was something that I grew up not talking about. This podcast is the first time I'm actually, besides my wife is the mm. first time I'm talking about this openly, like being right. honest with you guys right here. So that's why I love that. That's why I was so excited to, to bring you back with Joel over here, because yeah. this is something that I want people to get comfortable with. I want them to hear this. I want them to do that. So when you said, you know, yeah. well, I, I feel like my wife would, would have that conversation with my kids. It would be, and it would be like me kind of copping out and be like, Hey, Shannon, Wow. I'll, I'll let you have that. Yeah, that. this is your this is your deal. I'll, I'll work on the sports stuff with them. And you do your you, you, you talk about the, the intimate stuff. Yeah. From my experience, man, that's what I like longed for the most was like that masculine guidance growing up and just direction and structure. And because I experienced chaos my whole childhood. So just hearing you say that, I want to really acknowledge you like that's cool that you can take that responsibility on, you know, because it's very it's very valuable. Like, from my experience, that's what I always wanted the most. It gave me the desire to become who I am now, but like that masculine, like guidance, like, Hey, this is what we're going to do. Like, you know, pick me up on my shoulder and talk to me, tell me, this is the plan. This is what we're going to do. It's going to be all right. You're going to be somebody. This is how you're going to do it, etc. That there's so much value in that. Yeah. Well, Joel, like, let's just get back into you for a second. Like you are a six figure stylist, but you started charging $5. Yeah. Right. $5 right. for a haircut. Like Supercuts doesn't even charge $5 for a haircut. Yeah. <laughs> okay. $5 for a haircut. Yeah. And now you're going minimum $200. Yeah. So for every business owner, I don't care if you're in the stylist industry, the coaching industry, the prawn industry, the sexual, you know, the intimacy industry, any industry that, that you started, you started at $5. And now got to $200 and now is six figures and helping people go that way. Right. What was your first step? What was the transition from $5 to even $10? Talk multiple, multiple six figures. I had to say that. Multiple. But, no, yeah. hey, hey, I'm giving you your flowers. Multiple six figures. Yeah, yeah, everybody. Yeah, 
And it's sure. 25 years old, by the way. And a thousand at some cuts, sometimes a thousand dollar cuts. Right. And I'm not saying this from like, you know, trying to toot my own horn, but it's really important that people see the possibilities. Because when I first started this craft, the only reason I started is because I saw a barber driving events, cutting celebrities and making six figures. And he was 21 and I was 21. So I was like, okay, cool. If he can do it, I can do it. I, I shut out all the noise. I didn't care if like people didn't approve. Oh, you're going to be a barber. You're just a barber. I was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to do it the way he's doing it. That doesn't look like just a barber to me because where I grew up, haircuts were $10 and that was the most anybody charged. And if they charged more, the guy would actually undercut him and perfect purposefully charge less. And I was like, man, I'd never be a part of this. Like I'll choose a profession where I have a, there's no ceiling, you know? So time freedom, location freedom, and financial freedom are like any man's main goals. I know Janelle talks about that a lot, like men want freedom. And there's really three facets that it comes down to three tenets, you know, and I've been able to achieve time freedom simply by elevating my price points. It took me five years to go from $5 to 200. Five and years. And you, yeah, and that's, that just came from attracting enough affluent clients. Most of my clients are doing very well, much better off than me, you know, but I'm learning from them. So from there, I've been able to realize my other gifts and now I realize that the most fulfilling thing I could do is help other people do the same thing. That is so exciting because what's He's so- 25, powerful, by the way. <laughs> no, what I love about this too, and, and Janelle, and you can even chime in on this as well, yeah. is that at your age, I can tell you right now, when you started doing this five years ago, right? Was what it was, Adil? Yes. So at 21, my goal was chasing tail and being able to just hang out in that street, street credit and just like, you know, pretty much trying to get that, like that clout of, of some sort, you know, like, yeah, like a reputation and, and all of that. Yeah. You Definitely. said that you shut down or you, you, you lock yourself in essentially. And you did that at 21, Joel, as a man living in LA, yeah. that is hard as fuck. And right. I just want to, I just want to just commend you on that, but I just want to know, how hard was that to hear people say, oh, were you going to be a barber? Like how many people doubted you and why did that not discourage you? Mm. That's a great question. Those are, that's the number one thing, I, like, I was going to say quickly and, and, and just to chime in, yeah. that's the number one reason. Like I, I am blessed to be a part of like Rob Dallas, like, I coach his mentors and stuff. And you know how many times people are discouraged or people yeah. in their own circle, family members, family members are not even supporting them. So that's why I want yeah. to kind of bring a little context to this. So please. 100%. So this is my mentorship story. I'll go through it as quickly as I can. It's, it's a life-changing story about two paths that were presented to me when I started that journey. And one was the path of self-doubt, being a cynic and remaining invisible for the rest of my life. And the other was to chase my destiny and choose faith. When like take the steps that you can't even see, just put your foot out and walk the bridge that you can't really see yet but every time you take a step the next one presents itself and you just believe that it's going to keep happening and it led me to buying a one-way ticket from ohio to california on my own at 20 years old didn't know a single soul but um faith is what i chose so kind of like how janelle mentioned the, the blue pill earlier i have a different blue pill that i took <laughs> and it was it was like the matrix blue pill or the red pill i should say so the, the red pill was me choosing faith and the fear would be the blue pill. So I had a mentor who looked at me in my face and said, when I told him my plan with this most certainty, like he was a psychic and he knew my future. After I shadowed him that day, I sat down with him and said, I want to go to California. I want to go to this barbershop and learn from some of the best barbers in the country and eventually become one. But I didn't really believe it yet. He could tell. So he told me next, don't be surprised when you become the best one in that barbershop. And my cynic brain, who I had been conditioned to be my whole life, it was like, no, I come from, I'm the poor kid. Like, you don't understand. I have like hand-me-down clothes. Like, I'm not special. And that's what most people do when they have like a great idea and goal. They immediately have doubts. Mm -hmm. Talk them out of it. Oh, this guy, Joel's talking about multiple six figures as a stylist. I don't care if you do nails, hair, whatever. Yeah, right. That's not for me. I'm not special. Joel's probably special. No, I'm not. I came from a town of 5,000 people in the middle I've of Ohio. <laughs> in a, yeah, Janelle saw it. There's nothing special about it, right? Single mom, single in parent income, three brothers with different dads, chaos. I mean, just you name it. And he believed in me enough 
to tell me that. And I could tell that he, he really did believe it. And from that point on, I made a decision. I'm going to go home, save every dollar I have, and I'm going to buy a one-way ticket. And that's what I did. So the, the, the faith needs to be stronger than the fear. And that's like, if anybody could acquire enough self-belief, that's like the key to life. I feel like that's the main secret. I love that response. That is such a powerful story. Thank you so much for sharing that. Because the one thing that I feel like people struggle with is trusting in themselves. Because as you just said it right now, you could have talked your ways out of it. The imposter syndrome, the self-doubt came in, but you still stuck through it. Oh. And was there a time that you almost thought about quitting? Like, was there a point Multiple. where you were like, I was going to say a few, right? Definitely. So that's good yeah. to know. So elaborate on that, please, because there is somebody right now that's trying to pursue their pr profession, trying to pursue their goals. And then they are, they hit that wall. They hit that block. Like, I just don't think this is for me. What right. You yeah. I mean, it, like I said, it took me five years to go from that first price point to 200 minimum. And I can tell you every year there's new challenges. Like most barbers stay at, $40 for a haircut. Most stylists stay at $40. Most male beauticians might charge $50. And they're they are terrified of going to 100 mm -hmm. They know they could. They, they see somebody else that's done it, but they don't qualify themselves as worthy of that higher price point. So each time I did that was, was a, a jump. But I mean, when I first moved to the barbershop, man, I was not prepared. Like the owner looked me in my eyes and said, what do you rate yourself on a scale of one to 10? And I was like, probably like a four or five. This is when I was 20, you know, so all the guys in the shop are established barbers. And through that conversation, I convinced him to let me be his first apprentice by doing one thing. I went all in. He asked me, OK, so when are you going to go back to Ohio? And I looked at him like kind of confused with the look on my face that said, like, what do you mean? And he says, and I told him, no, like I moved here. He's like, oh, so you're not going back. That pretty much forced him to give me opportunity. Like, okay, I'm going to work in this shop now. So I became his first apprentice. And from that next two years on, I would say my ego just got ran through the mud. Like I would be the, in a, in a loving way, they were basically like pointing out every time I did something that was like a complete beginner mistake, you know? And most people are afraid to do that. So being comfortable, being uncomfortable was like my best skill, I would say, because I would be the like those stories where I didn't know how to use the hot towel correctly. I did a black mask and I just wiped it on the guy's forehead instead of like covering his whole face. Cause I was like, it was my first time doing it. So I've made a video and they're all watching a video in the shop. The next day I walk over to see what they're laughing at. And it's me. They're like, bro, you did this all wrong. And I'm just like, man, every time, like you name it, every I've been through pretty much every like embarrassing thing a barber could do, you know, but I never let none of that stop me because at the end of the day, no one remembers that stuff. They only remember the achievements and who I am right now. And that's I told you guys the stories, you know, no one would even know those things. So making the, the doubts or the, the faith stronger than the doubt. That's like the main thing I did. Dude, that is so powerful, man. I really, really appreciate you sharing that because that's something that, as I said, like the self-doubt has ruined everybody's dreams. So right. is, you know, because once again, if you don't trust in yourself, why the hell would I? If you don't yeah. trust in yourself to do that, why the hell would I? You know, what do you got to say about that? Well, so much. I mean, you have to have him back on and just tell about this whole thing. It's insane. Like, oh, yeah. I think that what Joel has that a lot of men, and I tell him, I'm like, I know men my age that don't possess the discipline and the level of presence and like just lucidity that you have. These are qualities a lot of men don't have. Mm -hmm. They don't have them. And I'm like, how can you, that's why I'm so attracted to him. Like, I don't understand how you're like 25 and you have these characteristics where, you know, you know, Tony always says people are rewarded in public for what they practice religiously in private. Mm. And like the, the, the discipline that this man has, like, even with me, it's like, Hey, do you want to hang out? No, Shakti. He's like, I don't have time. I'm focused. You know, he just is like locked in and men, men don't do that today anymore. You know, I, I talked about it in one of my videos, they'll, they'll fold for anything for the first woman that gives them attention or whatever. And so to have, I think that his success has been a small set of disciplines that he's done every day. And he's, and I've seen them on, in his wall, his, his incantations, his, his routine, he's very reg regimented with it. And, you know, success leaves clues. He modeled someone that was doing it. 
and he created his own. And now he has a system. And as you know, you're a businessman, a system that works. But the thing that I think a lot of people do that stuff, but they won't do the hard discipline. Like Joel doesn't drink. Oh, I don't drink either. He doesn't go out on the weekends. He He's in LA, he's 25 and he has that face and body and he's not in clubs, you know, like most people won't sacrifice that. They're going to be out in the clubs. They're going to be, like you said, you were, you know, trying Jason to get Dale. that. You're trying to get that cred. You're trying to get the, you know, validation. And so I believe that that's why he is where he is. And he's going to, you know, I'm always like, who's going to hit a million first. And I'm like, I think it's going to be him for sure. You know, with this uh, level of discipline, we have the, the but that's a good, that's a good challenge though. Like you guys, that's the cool yeah. thing about both of you is that you guys challenge up. You guys are not like haters. And you said something Janelle that I love the problem with men, and I feel this, and, and and Joel, I think you can you can probably back me up on this, is that we're also now it's like that instant gratification. Mm-hmm. It's that instant. Once again, like I want food, I can go do it on this thing right here. Yeah. I want groceries, I can go do this thing right here. Shit, if I want an escort, I can probably do it on this thing right here. Oh, you can like, do it on that thing. <laughs> oh, you see what I mean? Like there's so you know, it's it's like that. And then when Joel is going through that hard work, the trenches, when he was. When he had that self-doubt and he could have easily went for his comfort zone, go back to Ohio, get himself some type of gig, but he kept on going. And obviously it shows for it. It shows for it. You got to feel like you're the one. You got to, you got to just choose it. I'm the one. And that's not cocky. No, they were the chosen one. Yeah. And so I'm sorry, go ahead, Joe. No, that's all. Yeah. You got to, you got to choose it. Like, like in the movie, the matrix, the, the red pill, blue pill scene, Neo, finally believed that he was the one a lot of people just are waiting for that moment to believe but it's a series it's a series of and i experienced different things but similar stuff to to joel like coming you know i moved to newport after you know my story you know a little bit about it i don't talk a lot about it because i don't like to dwell on what was i like to dwell on what i've done with what was you know because where you're going next where i'm going next Mm -hmm. but But i don't want to interrupt but my client is is, uh, no you're 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 gonna bang my door down (laughs) see you next time amazing you guys are about to have an amazing debate i'll tune into the rest of it and then everybody make sure you subscribe don't miss the episode yes and then joel we'll have joel's show notes on here right now Okay, yeah. amazing. Amazing. You guys are amazing. Have a great rest of the show. All right. The awesome, awesome dude. I know, uh, right? I heard I thought I heard a doorbell. I, was I know, so did I. That's that's so funny. But um, but yeah, I left Thailand, you know, after studying Tantra exclusively for a year of my life, coming out of the life. I didn't I had no education, I had no money, I now had a skill, but I had no like I had no like the only thing I knew was the clubs you know, being in the adult entertainment world, being an exotic dancer for a decade. I, I definitely didn't have a resume. I had 10 years of job experience, but nothing you could put on a resume and hand to anyone, right? I'm in my thirties. Now I'm pregnant. And I had told God, like, you know, if I ever get pregnant, like I will have, you know, I will have this child no matter what conditions I'm in. And I was like, well, <laughs> okay, here we go. So <laughs> I decided to do the entrepreneurial thing and move to Newport beach while pregnant and thought like the seventh wealthiest place on the planet. I thought, let me just come here and see if I can make no money with a newborn. And so I went through those experiences in a different way, you know, humbling myself, going back to school, having to take five remedial math courses before I could even get a credit, having, you know, mild traumatic brain injury from so many concussions when I was in the life at the hands of my, you know, pimp and my trafficker really. And so all these things I had to like, it was so embarrassing and humbling being like the woman in her thirties with all these like 19, 20 year olds. And I like, can't, you know, I'm still just taking math courses, not even for credit. And it's just like, I was like, had to humble myself, but I knew that there was like a life for me beyond my past. And I knew I could take my pain and help other people heal and help other people to have this really healthy relationship to their body and to their sexuality and to give my son the beautiful life I never had. And so I just stayed committed to that. And it was like Joel said, it was humiliating, you know, at times like it was, but I just, you know, I kept, I I made it my non-negotiable. I wasn't, there was nowhere else I was going to go. Right. I just came here one way, you know, living in a garage in this very neighborhood that I live in today. So I think it's, it's people like Joel and I, it's like, if you have this, like, I don't know, it's like this burning desire and I get emotional and I think about it. Like, 
to take your painful stories at your painful traumas and to not just become great, but to help other people mm-hmm. become great. And that's where, that's where you get the most out of, right? That's where I do beyond freedom. It's like, I want to help other women coming out of the life. I want to help them make it to have that level of, I'm just like you and I did it too. So you can do it. That's the most important thing you can do for another human is give them that confidence that maybe they didn't, they didn't see. And I had people that did that for me that were like, I see something in you. You don't even see. I'm like, really? Like I, you know, like Joel said, like he knew he was going to do it, but he didn't fully believe it. Mm -hmm. Right. So that experience. So, yeah. Yeah. That that's, that's so powerful because once, once again, like, and a lot of people who don't know just a little context of what she talked about, she brought it up on the last episode and I'll just say it quickly, yeah, but please. I, like Janelle, like flee the country, faked her death mm-hmm. and, and, and just dealt through a lot of shit in the past. And now look at her now, like she could have easily broke. She could have easily, you know, just not, that, not do that they don't get out of this life. Women that have been trafficked, they don't get out of the life. Even when go. they get out of the life, their life is broken. Exactly. And then it's like they can't get, they cannot get out of it because of that. And there's so much trauma with that. But what yes. you said was, was so powerful about the struggles. Like I say this all the time. People don't give a shit about your success. People just don't want to feel alone. And that's what you're doing. That is what you do. You are not alone. Like what you do for intimacy. There are women and there are men out there cheating on their wives because their wives don't know exactly how to please their men. That's there right. are vice versa too. That's there right. are women cheating on their men because their men don't know how to satisfy them. There's to be present, to be, to just be with them. And men and women cheat differently. I think it's important we talk about this. Like, yes. you know, men cheat because their needs aren't being met. They don't, they, they, men need sex. And if a woman is not giving that sex to him, I know we say, oh, he should be faithful. But you know, you're, you're, you're denying his, 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 like, it's like a basic instinctual need that he needs to feel like he's a man and you're taking that from him. And then when he goes seeking it elsewhere, then you shame him. And it's like, no, we, we need to repair that. We need to make it so that he doesn't want to go elsewhere. Right. That like a man provides for you a house, you know, he gives you a a nice car, children, to, 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 for you to create as a, as a woman, we want to nurture, right? It's in our DNA to do that. And he provides for you resources, credit cards. You can have, my girlfriend and I joke about like that $12 juice you're drinking. How do you think you can drink that every day? That Chardonnay at two o'clock when you're stressed from kids and laundry, where do you, who do you think can buy you that? And yet he doesn't one day show up and you show up and all of a sudden someone's coming to repo the house or the car. If you did that, if he did that, would you be wrong in going out and seeking some other man to give you a house or a car? I'm not talking about when you're down on your luck. I'm just saying when you're like, nah, I don't like women. I don't want to have sex tonight. I have a headache. If a guy's like, yeah, I'm not going to go to work and keep this mortgage or this car. I'm done. So would you be wrong in going out and finding a man to put a roof and a car over you and your children? I don't think so. If he's leaving you desolate, So why is it wrong if a man goes out and seeks the one basic need that he needs is sex? And I'm not, I'm not encouraging infidelity. I'm saying you have to look at it like that. Do you understand? Do you understand? Yeah, no. And I, and I'm sure no one's taking it that way. I'm not taking it that way, at least because I, I, what you're saying is pretty much is that if you're in a relationship, meet the needs of your loved one. Yeah. And for a man, for a man, it's, 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 it is sexual. It is sexual. It Where is. Women Let's just more be emotional. honest. Let's get that out it there. It is. I mean, there's no secret about it. And I can tell you every woman who's in a relationship knows that with a man, she but at the same that. time, you know, the women, you know, the women as well need to be, you know, open and honest as well. Like, if, right. you know, it, it works both ways. So, you know, and, and that's why I love that you brought that up because once again, nobody talks about this, you know, nobody talks about that. About and at the same time, the women, the woman needs to be seen. She needs to feel that presence in her life. And Valuetainment posted the segment on me about presence, about me talking about presence. Presence is directed, connected, focus energy towards your woman. And men don't do that anymore. They come in, they have, oh, I have stuff to do, honey. Sorry. How are the kids? Oh, okay. Oh yeah. No, Transactional right. relationship. Right. And so it's like sitting and, and being with her and seeing her women, like you crave sex, women crave that being seen, that presence. We want that. 
it's women mostly cheat emotionally, to be honest. They'll mm-hmm. have emotional affairs before like an actual physical letting someone inside their body, that type of thing. Yeah, no, I, I, I just, I love that you brought that up because I know with, I mean, Janelle just had an amazing retreat. She's been uh, her, her and Dakota, who was on this podcast as well, were, you know, they work with intimacy. They work with improving relationships more than anything. And like my wife and I tried that thing again, I brought it up. Oh, the yum yum. Yes. The yum I mean, and it's a great connection. And, you know, because I know, I know we're we're coming up on time because I know you got some prior engagement, yes, yes. you know. So we're gonna have Joel's information on this and we're gonna keep bringing Janelle on here because to be honest, this podcast aired a few hours ago and we already got 13,000 views. So please listen to it, check it out. And you know, it's amazing. So Janelle, again, let everybody know where to find you, what you know, again, and and what you got coming up in the near future because once again, she makes fucking magic with, with everything that she does. And, and I've seen uh, her content you, and that's why I wanted her to come back on here like immediately. Yes. 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 So the, the O factors with an S.com. So the O like orgasmic life factors.com. <laughs> and then we have some retreats coming up. We have two, but I want to, I'm going to talk to Dakota about adding a summer one. Okay, so we have cool. Valentine's day. Come on. This is like the perfect time to rediscover intimacy in yourself and with your partner. Like forget the chocolate, the flowers, the jewelry, the lingerie. That's so cliche. You want to buy your woman the gift of intimacy. That's going to get you laid more in the end. So like get your credit cards out. You know, yeah, we are in the Dominican Republic. February 11th through the 15th. There's no better V-Day gift. And then we have, I'll be back on before then, but in September, the Maldives. So the first- Oh, beautiful. It's my birthday sort of retreat. So we do Valentine's Day and birthday retreat. We do those really special. So you don't want to miss those, theofactors.com. And is this the episode from from that we aired a month that's already getting those views? No, this is the one that just aired a few hours ago. Oh, the one, yeah, the one of- Yeah, uh, yes, yes, yeah. So Mm -hmm. that's- that's The one, yeah. The, the, the one that came out on December 1st. Yes. Wow. So we, that's what I'm saying. So it is, that's why, as I said, Janelle's back here and she's got the retreats coming up. So, you know, with, with that being said, Janelle, thank you so much again for coming yes. on here. You'll it's be back again. And yes. anybody who has questions, you know, we're going to have the social media. You're going to see Janelle on my page. You go follow her on Instagram as well. She's going to be promoting everything that's going on. So thank you again, Janelle. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure. I appreciate of, you. Of Give course. Bye, of dear. course. Thank you. And that's that. Thank you so much for showing up and listening. Please make sure you hit on that subscribe button so you never, ever miss out. Remember, why not you? Why not now? I hope you all have an amazing rest of your day.